Welcome, welcome to the Pixels and Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and I just want to say Happy New Year. It's 2024. Can you believe it? Where the hell did 2023 actually go? Because was it just me or did that year just fly over? I hope everyone had a lovely holiday period. It was quite uneventful for me, apart from I did come down with a bug at the start of the, the Christmas holidays. And I'm not going to lie, your boy thought he was a goner at some point. Like this, this had to be the, the worst stomach bug I have ever had in my life. I was so, so, so ill. But luckily I was okay by Christmas Day. It's kind of, I'm still feeling like, weirdness in my stomach. I don't know what the hell it's done to us, but yeah, I'm still sort of recovering. Like my stomach still feels a little bit dodgy. Maybe I should go to the doctors about that. (laughs) We'll see. We'll give it a week or so. Anyway, back to the podcast. I hope everybody had a fantastic new year. Didn't get into too much trouble because I know... Uh, back in back in the day, back in the party days, I used to get up to a little bit of trouble myself. But I, that that is well and truly behind me at this point. I am a family man who's turning twenty nine this month in January, January twenty sixth. Holy crap, I'm nearly thirty. <laughs> okay, I don't want to think about that. Let Let's just get into the biggest thing that's happened since my last podcast, which was recorded a while ago it was the the spider-man review um yeah i recorded that as maybe like the third episode but then i decided to do more things as news was breaking and having guests on and stuff like that but i finally got to release it and that was the final podcast of the year but since then the biggest most insane thing that's happened in the gaming industry in my opinion is this giant insomniac hack now, I haven't really had a chance to talk about this, like, in depth at this point. And I just want to give, like, my thoughts. Obviously, it's atrocious that these developers who have worked, like, oh, they put their life and soul into these games and it's just been, like, ruined by this hacker. It's absolutely mental. And the fact that some of their personal info was leaked is terrible. And I really, really feel for the devs and I hope that this hasn't impacted them too much. But I did see a lot of people were taking the stance of not talking about some of the leaked things, but it's like, it's there and it's readily available. And I think I'm going to just give my two cents on, number one, the supposed cancelled Spider-Man game. It's, I believe it was supposed to be like a live service game set in obviously the the Spider-Verse, where in some of these images you could see different Spider characters and I, I guess it would just have the free roam of Spider-Man 2, but it would be like co-op in that aspect. I don't know what the gameplay would have consisted of, how they would have like integrated the live service elements into the game. But yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that this one was, I think, cancelled. I know some people have said it, it hasn't been cancelled, but then other people are reporting that it has been cancelled. So who knows at this point? But the concept sounds cool. And I think a co-op Spider-Man game is something I'd be well, well into. It just depends on how they would integrate the live service elements. Like I said, like there'd be a battle pass with skins in and stuff like that. Like how could that work when you have Spider-Man 2 with all these different costumes and skins that are already there in the base game? Like if they were to do a multiplayer version of the game, you would expect to have all of these skins that are in Spider-Man 2 in this game. And like, would they go as far as to monetize some of the pre-existing skins? I don't know. I don't know how they were going to play it. But yeah, if it hasn't been cancelled, I'd be very curious to see how this one would turn out. Um, And the next big one is something that a lot of people kind of called that was coming after playing Spider-Man 2 because you had that whole Venom segment where you essentially play as Venom and the character has his own moveset and animations and things like that. And yeah, everyone called this. They're, they're going to be making a Venom game. And whether or not this is going to be kind of spinning off in the sense of the Cletus Cassidy missions from Spider-Man 2, uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see for that one. But yeah, a Venom game could be cool. I, I did read that you could essentially play as Miles and Peter as well in this game. So whether or not it's going to be like this full-fledged game or if it's going to be more of a Miles Morales style spin-off where you, the campaign's only going to be about 10 hours and you get the free roam stuff and there's going to be a little bit of differentiating gameplay, but it's not going to be super different to what we got with Spider-Man 2. Now, I do wonder how they're going to handle the traversal elements as Venom because in Spider-Man 2, when you're playing as Venom, you can't web sling. You can jump pretty high, but other than that, yeah, uh, if you're going to be traversing the whole city, they're going to have to kind of bring something in which makes that a little bit easier than what it was in 
what essentially was Venom glitching out of bounds and being able to like go around the city in Spider-Man 2, which I think Insomniac then patched. But yeah, I think the title that leaked was Venom Lethal Protector. So whether or not they go the anti-hero route is yet to be seen. But I guess if they make Carnage a villain, they're going to have to do that. And then the last big one that I wanted to touch upon, I know there was a lot more that was like revealed and stuff, but this one is probably the most important and the most that was shown. And it was Wolverine for PS5, which I believe has a 2025 release date. And yeah, the full on like pre-alpha gameplay footage is just there. Like you can go on and watch it. There's so many clips and essentially... It looks like they've just taken the the, the bones of Spider-Man, which everyone saw coming, and just putting a Wolverine skin over that. But it looks really, really good. It looks fluid. The combat looks visceral and it's gory. And yeah, I'm really excited about this game now. Like, Because at first when the initial trailer was released, it's like, yeah, Wolverine, like, awesome. Can't wait to play it. But now they've shown actual gameplay. It's going to be sort of a detective style story because it looks like Wolverine's pursuing Mystique and she's going around like leaving clues and things like that. I'm not going to get too much into the gameplay, but yeah, it looks bloody. It looks visceral. It looks like it's going to be a Wolverine game that will rival the the X-Men Origins Wolverine game that I've heard so many good things about and I have not yet played, but it's on the list. It's on the backlog. This ever-grown backlog that I'm going to get to at some point. But yeah, Wolverine looks like it's going to be an incredible game and People coming out saying, oh, well, it looks janky, it it looks bad and all this. It's like the game isn't even close to being finished yet. You need to let Insomnia cook in that aspect. Like, it's going to be incredible. Just let them do what they've got to do. I I hope when they do eventually reveal the game, it's going to be... The sting isn't going to be taken out of it because of this leak, because it does suck that the first kind of footage that we're seeing of this is in such dire circumstances. And I really do feel for the developers. But yeah, just if, if anything, it's got me more hyped for the game. Um, I am looking forward to it. I did read some of the plot synopsis where, again, I'm not going to go into it because it's spoiler territory, but it does look like things are going to get crazy. And actually, the, <laughs> there is one more thing that, and I, I promise this is the last on the leaks, but Insomniac have the rights to X-Men. They're going to be making an X-Men game at some point, And I guess that was kind of the natural progression after Wolverine. But it just sucks how it's more of this Marvel's being divided between Sony and Microsoft. Obviously, with Microsoft now having Blade, with Bethesda doing that whole thing, I just wish we could have a connected universe of Avengers games that was together. I guess now it's it's all going to be on PlayStation, but it does suck that it's going to be like segmented a little bit and... I do hope we get an Avengers game at some point, but it would be nice to have it not be locked behind exclusivity. Um, I, I, I know some people like that sort of thing, but I personally hate it. Even though I own both the consoles, I'm a huge Marvel fan, and the fact that some people are being locked out of these incredible games because they're locked on the Sony platform kind of sucks, but it is what it is at this point. And speaking of leaks, now... Another game coming out in 2024 is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. I know, boy, this one, I've I've spoke about it it before, like my disdain towards this game. It's no secret that not a lot of people are looking forward to this one. And that's compounded by these uh, story leaks that happened uh, not too long ago. And it's essentially, this game is taking place in the Arkhamverse, but it's the Arkhamverse in name only because, oh my goodness, it's just, it's taking what the Arkham games did, murdering it, and then like beating the dead horse of the corpse of this franchise because one, it's a live service game and it doesn't look like they've changed any aspect that everyone was complaining about. For some reason, it's it's still got all the, oh, you can buy new emotes and new battle passes and dances and cosmetics and this very bland third-person shooter-esque game that it just doesn't have any character. It's so, so forced and it just reeks of executives like, oh, these these games are cool now. Like, let's cater towards the kids who like, Fortnite and the the dances and the ever-evolving landscape of live service games but oh my god it's just it's talk to death at this point but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the story a little bit in this so if you don't want to 
to be spoiled um, for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, I would recommend skipping ahead a good five, maybe ten minutes. I, I, I might actually put the, the time codes in the description of the podcast if you want to go down there and skip to this. So essentially, it boils down to Brainiac takes over the Justice League, takes over Metropolis, and it's up to the Suicide Squad to essentially kill the Justice League. And when I was reading through this, I was just shaking my head like, so the Suicide Squad go from one place to another while shooting these generic enemies with glowing purple weak spots. Then I think to to actually cure them, they need to capture Poison Ivy or something, but Poison Ivy is being transformed into a child, I believe. And you've got like different members of the Justice League, like Flash has to go after Lex Luthor for some reason because Brainiac wants him to be captured in order to lure out the Suicide Squad. And then Wonder Woman joins the fight and she eventually gets the Flash and asks him how to stop the, the Justice League. And the Flash says, basically, you have to kill them to stop them. And then essentially Captain Boomerang kills the Flash and then it says here that the Suicide Squad are somehow transported to Earth 2 during this fight. And Earth 2 is already a universe where Brainiac has won. And the Suicide Squad are then all killed there. And then you've got some like shenanigans with Earth 2 Lex Luthor. And then they fight Green Lantern. And King Shark apparently steals Green Lantern's ring and does the whole <laughs> Green Lantern speech. And then Green Lantern dies. And then Superman appears because Amanda Waller sent a nuke to Metropolis. And it's just, it's really convoluted, this. And one of the actual gameplay leaks was the, the Batman mission, which kind of looked cool because it was like Batman is killing people in this because obviously he's not, he's not himself. And he is basically stalking the Suicide Squad in this horror-esque sequence. And I think this is Batman used in a very clever way. And I will give them props to this because... Zack Snyder kind of did it in the opening of Batman vs. Superman where the cops are ransacking the building and Batman's kind of this like fast-moving, in-the-shadows, dark creature. And this is kind of what he is to these villains. And yeah, this mission looks cool. But again, it's it's more like cringe dialogue. And apparently Tim Drake was killed off screen and you like find his corpse and it was Batman who killed him. And the whole, the whole thing is that the Suicide Squad are trying to break into Batman's Batcave to get, like, the plans on how to kill the Justice League. And, of, of course, he's got kryptonite bullets, and I guess that's how Superman dies. But, yeah, it's just, it's weird. Like, I'm reading this here, and it's saying, okay, so Harley and Batman fight. Then Harley gives a speech, Batman says it's shit, and then somehow dies. And then the Suicide Squad use an ice cream van to get inside the Skull ship. Brainiac congratulates the Suicide Squad for killing the Justice League and offers them great power. <sighs> and there's, there's different universes which then play into this whole live service element. I'm going to assume it's kind of going to be like the Injustice 2 thing where you can pick a world and there's going to be procedurally generated content within that world as well as with the story expansions of other characters like the Joker and Killer Croc, who have also been leaked to be in this game. I'm not sure if it's Mark Hamill voicing the Joker, but yeah, this whole thing is ju- it just reeks of just cringiness. And this game's going to come out, it's going to do terribly. And whether or not the content is free or not, like, I can't see it making, like, this game making it past a year in active development, like, continued development, because nobody's going to play it. It looks really, really boring. And it's basically dead on arrival before it comes out because of everything that's happened leading up to this point. And yeah, I'm just I'm just sick of this bullshit and I'm going to stop hawking on about it now because it's pissing us off. Um, so right, next topic. Uh, <laughs> another thing that happened is the day before finally came out and to nobody's surprise, it was a giant scam and essentially the servers are going to be shut down like three weeks after release and everybody who purchased the game is going to be getting a refund and oh my goodness, who saw that one coming? <laughs> I didn't actually play this myself, but yeah, I was one of those people, I did see it in a video at work not too long ago, like about, a, I think it was video game trailer that tricked you and this was my pick a day before. It just, it was sus from the, the moment it was announced. And I guess nobody in their right minds is shocked about this. I don't know whether or not it was a, a money laundering scam or what, like something. What what were they trying to accomplish here? Because it didn't, obviously it didn't work, but they're going to release a game and run off with everybody's money. Like that's not how it works. Like it's funny, Steam are offering people refunds 
and everybody who purchased the game should get a refund. And yeah, it's, uh, hopefully this is a cautionary tale to any other developers who want to try something like this, not to do it. Because one, it wastes your time, it wastes your money, and uh, it's not great, is it? You just get a terrible reputation. And I believe the, the studio behind this is actually now shut down, which it sucks that if people are out of a job, yeah, that, that does suck. But what do you expect? Lying about this game from day one, it's just daft. And segueing from that, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, one of the last videos I did for my job at What Culture. Um, I, I do this thing every year when obviously I work on so many edits, like I get sent raw files and I get to obviously cut it all together and stuff like that. And I save a lot of bloopers over the end, then eventually go on to make a blooper reel. And that came out um, at the end of December. And I was very, very proud of this one. It's... Better uncensored, but obviously because of YouTube monetization and stuff like that, I had to like censor some of the stuff. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that if you haven't seen that, please go over and watch it because like there's some of my fuck ups in there (laughs) and it's just a good time all around. Like I really enjoy making that sort of video and I'm going to continue to do so as long as Scott gives us a go ahead. Like I can't wait to go into next year or this year and yeah, get some more fuck ups, make some more bloopers and have a good time with that. Like I am looking forward to getting back to work because I've been off for two weeks now, over two weeks. And yeah, getting back into the swing of things, it's been nice having time off, but I want to try and make more of a a conscious effort this year to try and go into the office a little bit more because I like filming stuff with the gang in person and hopefully I can do that more. And yeah, I, I do have this project that I'm working on currently for work which kind of took a a backseat towards the end of the year because we were very, very busy, obviously, for the holiday period when everyone's, like, going off. We need content in the the back burner, you know, so it can be released over the period where people are, like, off celebrating the holidays. So this project, I'm not going to reveal what it is. If you are close to me, you may possibly already know, but currently, this is the first script I am writing for my job. Like, I've always been an editor first and foremost and occasional voiceover person. I've I've obviously been in the chatty faces and some of the quizzes and stuff like that, but this is like the first proper passion project that I'm going to be working on. And I'm very like self-aware that I'm not a writer and I'm almost apprehensive to finish this project off. Well, finish the, the script for this project off because it's kind of me showing a a, a vulnerability about myself, like doing something new. Like I've written before in the past, obviously not for my job, but like I've written scripts for for university projects and things like that. And I've always enjoyed writing, but I'm I'm not being harsh on myself. I'm not, like I feel like I'm not great at it. And obviously that it comes with practice. But yeah, I want to get this project written up this year, get it signed off on. I do want to be voicing it and obviously editing it. It's going to be this big long form video essay style project that I'm like super, super passionate about, but also like super scared about. <laughs> I know it's a little bit daft, um, but yeah, that's just like an, an insight into my my working brain right now. I, I, I'm literally staring at the file on my computer of the script right now. And it's it's a little bit intimidating, like putting yourself out there to an audience of thousands of people it's it's all well and good when you're editing it because like at this point i've fine-tuned my craft so much that i know like if i make a fuck up in an edit it's like it happens so infrequently it's like okay that that's happened i need to just put it past this not repeat that mistake in future and just go on to the next one and improve and continue to like strive towards like the best content that i can create but with this this written project, it's like very new and fresh in that sense. And it's kind of like taking it from initial like conception to being a full-fledged video. It's It seems so daunting. And yeah, I'm kind of shitting myself for that one. But this year, I'm going to knuckle down and get this one done. Like I've been given time to do it. And I've got a very, very understanding boss in Scott. Like he's so encouraging and he's like, he he understands this and like I'm so thankful for that and yeah hopefully I can kind of get that done within the next couple of months and once it is done I can talk about it here and yeah I, like if you haven't if you can't already tell I'm very excited about this one 
So yeah, I'm back to work on the second and like I'm going to continue to do the choose your own adventure videos and just edit, maybe do a little bit more voiceover work. But that's what's currently going on in my professional life. But my personal life, a little update on that. Um, we got through Christmas, all good, all happy, everything like that. And I did, if you listen to a previous episode, I got my daughter a phone, a mobile phone for Christmas because that's what she asked for because her cousin got one for his birthday like uh, early on in the year and yeah, Daisy wanted a mobile phone. Her mother was against it, Sarah, my my wife, she was against it at first but I think she's come around to it. Like there's not a SIM card in it, she's got like three or four numbers in it. She just basically uses it to watch YouTube kids but what I have found that she's doing is essentially taking like little vlog videos and it's the cutest thing you'll ever see in all of your life because she's like in one of them she's, she says like, oh ladies and gentlemen she's talking about her favorite things and like hey guys <laughs> and all that and it's just so cute it's one of those things like i'm gonna take her phone i'm gonna rip all this onto the computer and it's gonna be one to say for like her 18th birthday um because it's it's just so so cute yeah, like I mentioned as well, I got a Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, which we started in co-op. We, we started on Christmas Day, but she was very, like, excited and overwhelmed with everything that was going on. So we kind of didn't get super far into it. She, she caught her Pikachu, went in the Viridian Forest and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's all good stuff, but I kind of think maybe she might be a little bit too young for this sort of thing. But it is there. It's waiting for her it, when she decides that she's ready to get into gaming like I'm I'm all for it like she did play a little bit of Super Mario Bros Wonder with me um, and she enjoyed that but it's kind of just they get to that age where they understand that this button does that that this is what I have to do like she's working on our reading and writing currently which I'm trying to help out that as much as I can and I think kind of doing that through gaming as well would be like very beneficial because she for one it makes it fun and like she could read the names of the Pokemon and yeah, in one in one of these little vlogs, she talks about how she's obsessed with Pokemon, and it's just it's so so cute. So I, I'm going to try and like ease her into it slowly with that. Um, if anybody has any like games that they recommend for a child, that'd be that'd be very nice. We did play the the Paw Patrol game that was on Game Pass like last year, but again, she, she was very young at that point, and she kind of didn't understand that it's like also oh, A is to jump but you've also got to like move it's moving the stick and pressing the buttons at the same time which I know a lot of non-gamers struggle with so yeah I think I think Pokemon is a great like jumping in point to that so hopefully I'll I'll keep you updated with the progress of that but as for me like I'm gonna go into what I've been playing in like my 360 game pickups and all that stuff like later on in the episode but I wanted to briefly discuss Fortnite Festival because this is a thing that has piqued my interest. Basically, they released a rock band-esque mode in Fortnite, if you, you're not familiar with the, the mode itself. And PDP announced that they're going to be making a guitar peripheral for this Fortnite festival slash rock band thing. And I cannot wait for this thing to be released because I've been playing a lot of Rock Band and Guitar Hero recently because I've got the, the them for the 360. I've recently, I think I only need one more Guitar Hero game to actually complete my collection of the, the whole series on 360. And that's Guitar Hero Greatest Hits. But yeah, that's that's beside the point. But yeah, PDP on making a guitar. It kind of got leaked a little bit, uh, that the images of the, the prototype version of the guitar. And it looks like it's got a strum bar, a whammy thing, and all these features aren't present in the, the current version of Fortnite Festival. So it's going to be interesting to see how they implement that, as well as having the, the controller, the actual like Xbox controller controlling the buttons too. So back in the day when Guitar Hero 3 was coming out, they released a demo. And at the time, I hadn't played Guitar Hero 2, and I didn't own Guitar Hero 2, so I didn't own a guitar. But you could actually play Guitar Hero 3 on controller, where it was like, left trigger was a green button, right bumper was like the red button, A was the, the orange button. And what you can do on Fortnite Festival is basically map those buttons to the, the buttons on screen. And this is just taking me back to those early days of the Guitar Hero 3 demo, where I would just play nothing but Guitar Hero 3 on controller. And yeah, I'm having a whale of a time with it. I, I do have my issues with the mode. I think the the ever-rotating song selection is a good idea in theory, but once you've played, say, the, the five or six songs in a day, it can kind of get repetitive, and the tracks in the shop are 500 V-Bucks, which essentially is four 
to £5 per song, and I think that's a little bit steep. And then you've got the whole festival pass thing as well, which is also like quite expensive. So I'm hoping as time goes on, it's those passes come down in price because it is, you do get a skin and you get a couple of songs, but yeah, like it's very pop focused at the minute. I've noticed that like you can play like Olivia Rodrigo as as, as much as I like her. It's like, it's not really guitar-y, <laughs> which I don't think is a word, but yeah, you, you kind of get what I'm saying with that. But my gripe is that the the backboard or the fretboard that appears is like a dark purple. Okay, that's fine. But then all of the colored buttons, which on Guitar Hero or Rock Band would be green, red, yellow, blue, orange. They're all purple too. And it's kind of confusing at some points when the notes are coming at you fast. Like I play on Expert because obviously I have the whole experience from using controller. So it's like second nature to me. I can play Expert because I played it on Guitar Hero 3. But yeah, sometimes it can be a little bit confusing the notes coming at you not being able to like look at the color of the note and register that with the button that you're pressing, which I think needs addressed. And I guess it will be on the guitar. Like I can't see when PDP make this guitar, I can't see them having all the the buttons be the color purple because one, it's like entry level players aren't going to be able to like grasp it as quickly as having the color coded notes pretty much. Like that's just the way it is. If it's color coded, you then know where your hand needs to be, what note you need to press and things like that. But another thing that they do is when you activate overdrive, it kind of hits the note for you, the note that's coming towards the the screen. And it's very hit or miss because you could pr- you could activate overdrive and it can miss a note or it can cause you to like over strum. And I think that needs to be addressed as well. Like it, you need to have the option to either turn that off or it needs to be refined so that if you do end up like over tapping a button or over strumming on the guitar when it actually comes out, like that isn't an issue and it doesn't break your streak because it, it can get kind of annoying. And then another thing they've introduced is instead of the, the hammer on pull off system, it's kind of a like press release note system. So it's kind of like to make it easier on controller or keyboard, instead of having to tap the button really, really fast, as you would have to do in a fast strumming song, you kind of press the button in, hit the note, and then a smaller triangular note will appear. Then you have to release the note and it'll hit the note for you. And again, it's good in theory, but like in Rock Band, it was very easy to tell because the notes would be smaller. In Guitar Hero, the the pull-off notes would be, they'd have like an open circle that was that would glow white. And that's when you'd know you could pull off. But in this, it's kind of, with everything being the same color and it's coming like at you so fast and getting used to it and stuff like that, it might get easier as you go on, but it's kind of confusing and it doesn't really do a great job of explaining it in the first place. Like all of this stuff, I had to learn through trial and error, which isn't great. Like there should be a better version of the tutorial. Maybe there is, maybe I missed it. But yeah, those are just some of my my gripes with Fortnite Festival. Um, I've played a couple of matches online and it's always been with people who aren't the best at the game. And I know that's, that's a thing, but you should be able to, if I'm playing on expert, I should be able to match with people who are on different instruments and who are also playing on expert to my level. Like there should be like a skill-based matchmaking system in place so that you're not getting paired with people who are playing easy mode and who are hitting 50% of the notes. Like that's fair play to them. Like have your fun and all that. But at some point you, when you want to be going for high scores, it would be nice to be paired with people on your level. And another thing with the, the scoreboards is actually like there's a way to glitch it. So like many other leaderboards, you've got people who just ruin the fun by exploiting these infinite scoring methods and it just kind of ruins the fun for people. And I hope that gets addressed sooner rather than later as well. I'm looking forward to seeing how this mode continues to grow and hopefully that this is the spark that number one, Activision need to bring back Guitar Hero, bring back original Guitar Hero, make it just a guitar, make it cool, make it original, make it not Guitar Hero Live, <laughs> for one. Um, but yeah, hopefully there's enough interest in this that it sparks these these sort of rhythm games to come back into the limelight because I really enjoy these games. And as much as I love playing on my 360, I'd also love to play on my Series X. And I am hoping that the PDP version of the guitar is compatible with Rock Band 4 because if it is, the first thing I'll do is buy Rock Band 4 for Series X because I've not actually played Rock Band 4 because I didn't get the instruments when the game first came out and then the instruments are really expensive now and blah, blah, blah. That, that's enough. That's enough about that. Um, <laughs> 
more ramblings from Dan Durkin. That this is the podcast. What what do you expect at this point? But yeah, I wanted to talk about some of the upcoming games in 2024 that I'm excited about. I know not a lot has been announced, but these are the games that have like piqued my interest and that I'm looking forward to. Hopefully more stuff comes out during the year than just this because I was looking at the big massive list of games coming out this year earlier on and there's not a lot on there. So yeah, let's start with Avowed, which doesn't actually have a release date, it just says 2024, and this is Obsidian's new game, which is essentially Skyrim, but not Skyrim, basically Obsidian's version of Skyrim, which also I believe has guns in, which is a, a, a thumbs up for me. Um, This one, when the initial trailer came out, I was very, very interested in, and when the gameplay actually was revealed, I noticed a lot of people weren't happy with the way it looks, because it's a little bit cartoony it doesn't look exactly like that reveal trailer but for me this one is one to keep an eye out for because i'm always looking for new rpgs to like get engrossed into i hope that starfield was going to be the next big rpg that i'd love and like put 500 hours into or whatever but it, it was not the case i think i've got like 30 hours into starfield and while i haven't completed the game i don't really feel that itch to go back which is sad I know, but hopefully Avowed is is that. Hopefully Avowed is that next game because we know that Obsidian Entertainment can make great games. And now I couldn't really get into the Outer Worlds. I've tried it three or four times, tried to get back into it, but it's not. It, it never really like grabbed us as much as say Fallout New Vegas did, and that's a shame. But I've got positive hopes for Avowed. I hope it's it's decent. Um. But yeah, there's not a lot to say about that one because it, it, there's not a lot known. Like, we don't even have a release date. Hopefully this year we get something solid, concrete. Hopefully it's not delayed, which God knows at this point. But yeah, going from there, I think my most anticipated game this year is one that hasn't been announced. <laughs> and I know that sounds a little bit strange, but bear with me. You'll you'll understand in two seconds. It is the the next Pokemon game. Pokemon has this thing at the minute where they're releasing a mainline series, then they're doing two DLCs for the the series, then they might make a spin-off, like see Legends Arceus or Brilliant Diamond and Pearl. And the next logical step in Pokemon after Scarlet Violet is the Gen 5 remakes. Like surely the Gen 5 remakes is what's coming next. Now, I recently replayed Pokemon Black on DS. And I'm currently actually, as I'm recording this, well, not right now, but you know, I'm playing through white version two. And the funniest thing happened the other day, actually, I was, I had just started the game and I was like, just going through my roots, you know, as you do. And the second Pokemon I encountered was a shiny pit of, like, no word of a lie. I started this game, had seen two Pokemon and my third encounter was a shiny. And I was like, oh my God, I need to catch this straight away. Luckily, I had Pokeballs and it was a one ball wonder, you know. Your boy still got skills, but yeah, I just got a shiny. And I think this is like the second shiny I found just randomly in the mainline series of games. Like the first legitimate shiny I came across just randomly was um, Zubat in Pokemon Leaf Green. That uh, It was green, I believe. And yeah, ever since then... I've liked shinies, but I don't like have the 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 ironclad will and the patience to shiny hunt all the Pokemon that I would like to. Now I've done shiny hunts in the past, and one of my most proudest things was in Sword and Shield. I Masuda method bred a perfect IV shiny Eevee, which I then evolved into Umbreon, and that is my prized possession in Pokemon. I think he's sitting in Pokemon Scarlet now. He's just in my box there. He's level hundred, obviously. Umbreon, Shiny Umbreon is my favorite Pokemon and that took a hell of a long time. I can remember I was in my old house at the time and and I think Daisy was born at this point and I can just remember going back and forward and back and forward on that bridge just hatching egg after egg after egg after egg and eventually hatching that Eevee, having it be perfect IV and also having it be Shiny. It was just match made in heaven and and yeah, that that is my prized Pokemon possession. But anyway, back to the the next game in the in the series. I think they usually announce the the next Pokemon game at Pokemon Direct in February. And again, I could be completely off the mark here. They could potentially do a Let's Go Johto, which I'd also be thrilled about. But logically, Gen Five seems like it should be the next step for for them to go and. Now, I did play Brilliant Diamond, Shine and Pearl, and I didn't actually finish it. I was nuzlocking it, uh, I believe, and I think the, the naming trend that I was following 
was Star Wars characters. <laughs> so yeah, that that was a whole thing. But I am going to get back and finish that off. I think this year, like I'm I'm trying to to work my way through this new slash old project that I set for myself, which is completing the the a living decks in Pokemon Home, but having all the Pokemon in that decks be from their original region. So if it's a, say, a Magikarp, it has to be from the Kanto region. If it's a Trico, it has to be from the, the Hoenn region, which is like Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire. I've got all the games lined up there, like in my collection, which I have spent a hell of a lot of money on over the past couple of years. But yeah, I'm I'm getting back to this quest. Uh, I believe I need a lot of Gen 7, which I kind of, I was playing through and kind of fell off. But now there's like a time limit on it because Pokemon Bank, I believe, is shutting down this year in April. So I'm trying to like get a hurry on with that. Uh, so that's one of the things I've been doing over the, the Christmas break. But yeah, Pokemon Gen 5, hopefully it's a full-fledged remake and not this chibi art style bullshit that Pokemon Brilliant Diamond was. And I think this generation was hated upon release, but now everyone looks back with rose-tinted glasses and everyone loves Gen 5, mainly Black and White 2, because they are incredible games. But I can't see them announcing a Generation 10 game just yet. I think it's a little bit too soon for that. And whether or not they decide to continue the the Legends Arceus style spin-off games, I I can't really see that happening either because I'm not sure if that one sold too well, to be honest. And I wasn't a huge fan of that game overall. But yeah, stay in tuned, keep my ear to the ground on all things Pokemon because I'm just enamored with that franchise and yes, I very much love it. And I think my second most anticipated game this year that's coming out is Star Wars Outlaws. So Star Wars Outlaws is a Ubisoft published game and I'm hoping it doesn't fall into all the the traps of the typical Ubisoft game. It's, I think some previews came out recently and it's got like praise for being very much a great Star Wars game. And I think after Jedi Survivor, which I didn't actually go back to after its awful, awful launch, yeah, a a Star Wars style smuggling game where you're not a a lightsaber wielding Jedi could be cool. I'm hoping it's going to kind of distance itself from the Skywalker saga a little bit and kind of forge its own path there. Fingers crossed for that one. Um, But I'm I'm kind of staying away from all the promotional material and the trailers and stuff like that because I want to experience this game as it is. I know they recently released Avatar, the Frontiers of Pandora or something. It's called something like that. And that got decent enough reviews. But yeah, this 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 one's on my radar and yeah, I very much can't wait to, to get my hands on it and play it. I'm a very big Star Wars fan and more Star Wars is always good. Wait, that's, that's not true. That's not true. More grounded Star Wars that isn't connected to the Skywalker saga is good. Anyway, moving on. I'm going to rapid fire some games off here. We have Prince of Persia The Lost Crown, which I kind of talked about in my Game of the Year video. That looks awesome. It's very much a 2D platformer with like an amazing cool art style, which looks to be a fun-ass game. And I want to play more 2D platformers because I very much enjoy them. Then actually, speaking of 2D platformers, we have Little Nightmares 3, which is a co-op game, I think. I've not actually played the first two. And again, they're on the list. They're in the backlog. I'm going to get around to playing them before the third one, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, this one looks great. We have the, the Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 version, the originals remastered that's coming out. I know Mr. James Douse is very much looking forward to them. And Ads was actually asking us the other night if I was like excited for them. I was like, yeah, I, I dabbled in Tomb Raider, the originals. And yeah, I'm looking forward to them, but I don't know if I'm going to play full price for them. So Ads, if you're listening and you want to go half as, maybe that's an option. Yeah, it's, it's Tomb Raider, isn't it? It's great. Then another thing coming out this year is Alone in the Dark. Now, this is a franchise that I don't know much about. Like, I've never been fully into this one. But it looks like it's getting this Resident Evil 2 remake-style glow-up, which I'm all for. I'm very much, like... Like, I personally love horror games, and yeah, this one looks decent enough. Like I mentioned, I don't think I've ever actually played a Alone in the Dark game before, so this is going to be a first for me, and I'm all for these old-school horror games getting... The, the Resident Evil 2, 3, 4 remakes slash whatever treatment. Um, this is going to be one that's on my radar. Probably not pick it up like when it first comes out, but I do know it's recently got delayed again. I'm not sure why. Like I'm not been following it closely, but yeah, it's one to, to look out for maybe to play in October when it's a tiny bit discounted and 
once all the reviews have come out and things like that, like it's it's one of those things where this year there's not a lot of big games coming out. I don't think like compared to last year where we had so many heavy hitters, it's kind of a quieter year for gaming, which is very much expected considering the 2025 that we're gonna have with number one GTA six. <laughs> just just GTA six, like that's it. That's gonna that's the game of 2025. No other game should release that year. But yeah, I'm all for another horror game. Like I, I enjoy the genre and I'm hoping this one turns out good. I hope it's everything that the fans want it to be, and this is like that version of the the Resident Evil 2 remake for Alone in the Dark fans. I know David Harbour's in this one, um, so that's that's interesting. But yeah, definitely gonna be one I play for sure. And real quick, another one is the the rumored Call of Duty Black Ops sequel. Now I recently finished Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which I will eventually talk about. Um, I had an okay time with that game, with the campaign anyway. It was it was fine. The ending sucked, by the way, because you die at the end, and nobody likes that. But yeah, I didn't play Modern Warfare 3 because it's a glorified DLC, and I would not pay money for that shit, but I've always leaned more towards the Black Ops games than I have the, the Modern Warfare games, because I prefer Treyarch's version of Call of Duty. Like, Modern Warfare 2 aside, the original Modern Warfare 2, I've always been like Team Treyarch when it comes to these Activision Call of Duty games. And I do wonder if this one's going to be on Game Pass because the the Activision Microsoft acquisition has went through. So fingers crossed. I don't have to pay money for this one. Um, But if it, if it looks good enough, if the zombies is going back to like round base zombies, maybe I can be enticed. But I did say I wasn't going to give Call of Duty another penny of my money. Maybe I'll stick to that. Maybe I won't. Who knows? And I think the last major game that I'm really looking forward to is Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. Which again, I talked about this in a previous episode. It looks gory, it looks bloody, it looks fun, it's co-op. It's definitely right up my alley. And yeah, I'll be picking this one up, no doubt. But that's essentially it, I think. Unless I'm missing something obvious, I can't really think of anything that's coming out this year. And it it is strange. It seems like we had this incredible heavy hitter year and now it's kind of like the lull after that. I know there's rumours of another version of the PlayStation 5 coming out, another version of the, the Series X, the next step up in, in hardware, but I think we need more games that are taking advantage of the current power that we've got before we start looking into upgrading our systems. Like, they're, they're playing us for fools if if they think that's the case, but uh, I don't know. What I want to see this year in terms of announcements, again, it's it's another Pokemon game. Hopefully Gen 5 Remake. I want to hear something about Gears of War. Like, where's Gears 6? Where's anything related to Gears of War? Where's the Marcus Phoenix collection? Just please give us some breadcrumbs or something. Because <sighs> that's a franchise I love, but it's, again, it's on ice. I don't know. It's, it's hard to get excited about what is coming out because it doesn't seem like a lot is, which is fair enough because maybe this year is the year that I get to the ever-growing backlog, which I have sort of like started getting into um i'll cover that in a little bit but yeah i think 2024 is going to be a year that isn't going to set the world on fire it's no like 2007 it's no 2023 i tell you that much but we'll see we'll see how it goes see what gets announced what comes out and stuff like that hopefully it's going to be a good year for gaming so right i've been going for a hell of a long time now i'm going to try and sort of wind things down i'm going to talk a little bit about what I've been playing, like, currently, what what I am playing, um, I did start Alan Wake 1, the original, the, the, the remastered version on Xbox One, I believe it is. I'm playing it on Series X, but you know, you get the point. And yeah, I finished the first chapter. It's very weird. It's a little bit finicky, the whole having to aim your flashlight at an enemy until their, like, little circle bar closes in, then you can shoot them. But it's serviceable enough. I think some of the dialogue's a little bit cringy. And it is dated, like you can tell it's dated, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm not having a terrible time with it. I'm very much caught in the intrigue of Alan Wake's story. I don't know a lot about it because I'm not super familiar with the the whole franchise itself. So yeah, I'm going to continue to plug away at that as the the days and weeks go on. Hopefully get that mopped up. Hopefully get that one mopped up and then work my way towards Alan Wake 2 because I've got that there like waiting to be played afterwards as well. Thank you, Adam, for buying that. We we game share and he bought it on Xbox, which is awesome. So thanks, Ads. 
And another thing I've been playing is the the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC. I think it's Hidden Treasures of Area Zero. It was on sale for £20, so I thought, you know what, screw it, I'm banging to Pokemon at the minute. So I bought that and I'm playing through Teal Mask, I believe it's called. And it still suffers from a lot of the problems that the main game suffers from. It's very hand-holdy, it's very talky, it's kind of, it's not fun. But I just, I want to get it done so I can move on to some of the post-game stuff and move on to the next portion of the DLC, which looks incredible because you can kind of like control your own Pokemon. You can be the Pokemon and that looks really fun. So I'm very much looking forward to getting into that, but it's pushing through this original part of the DLC. So what I did was I captured a completely new team as well. So I got them all to around level 60 to 70 and I'm going through it not with my over-leveled Pokemon that I had from the main game so that's kind of making it a little bit more challenging than it should be um, and that's slowing my progress down a little bit but I figured it would be more fun to do that than to just steamroll everything with this level 100 hyper trained Haxorus that I have which is an absolute beast and can one shot like pretty much anything Um, but yeah Pokemon is I'm very much into Pokemon at the minute and this happens in phases and I I want to go into this a little bit more in a future episode, I think. Probably the next episode that I don't have a guest on because I've been rambling today and I want to kind of start wrapping things up a little bit. And I think the thing I'm going to end on is my 360 game pickups. I have picked up a hell of a lot in the past like two weeks. I've been doing like dodgy Facebook deals, <laughs> wheeling and dealing, doing stuff at CEX. Um, some of the, the, the highlights are I got Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 1. For 360, I got Green Day Rock Band, which was £15. And I got another Spider-Man game. It was Edge of Time, I believe it is, the, the sequel to Shattered Dimensions. I got that one for £5. It was just an elderly lady on Facebook Marketplace who I can't thank enough because that's like a £30 game. And yeah, that was pretty pretty sweet score there. Then I did a couple of bulk deals where I got like Sonic the Hedgehog and other things. I got a couple of FIFA games, a couple of Kinect games, just padding out the collection a little bit. I have filled my third shelf. Moving on to my fourth shelf now, I got Rock Band 2, Rock Band 3 for £10 for the pair of them, which is an incredible deal there as well. And I bought Alan Wake as well for like £2, but I'm not playing that version of Alan Wake. I'm playing the, <laughs> the remastered version, which is a thing. But yeah, I've I've been slowly, slowly making a dent into the 360 collection and still enjoying it, believe it or not. It's one of those things where it's just purely nostalgia based. And every time like I go to CEX and pick up a game, it's just instant dopamine rush, which is what I love. I'm an impulse buyer. Like you, you need to know that about me now. I love that. <laughs> that rush, that hit of dopamine that I get, it, it makes us happy. So I'm going to continue to collect there. I'm going to slow down a little bit because I, I did go kind of crazy over the past few weeks, just picking up random stuff. I might actually go on to my Twitter and post a full collection list that I have there, like an image of all the, the games that I have acquired. I think that would be a little bit fun, but there's there's still things on my list. Uh, it's probably about 40 games strong at this point. There's some of the bigger games like you've got Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you've got Spider-Man Web of Shadows, that's like a £70 game. There's, there's things on there now that are a little bit more pricey. We've got Rage and Blast 2 on there. We've got Captain America Super Soldier. I know that's like a £20 game at this point. Um, I did pick up Grand Theft Auto 4 as well with the intention of playing through that and GTA 5. But it's just one of those things where it's, it's on your list, but it's very, very time consuming. And I'm trying to be better at managing my time because I seem to have this issue where I can just sit on my phone, just watching YouTube videos, scrolling Reddit and just wasting time almost in a way. But it's not really wasting time because, like I say, I'd just be sat playing something for the sake of playing it, if not. But it's all too easy, I think, to get into this, like, rut. And I've almost been trying to force myself to to play more games. And I think, like, this is this is part of the reason I started the podcast, so I can play games and talk about them. But yeah, I'm, I want to definitely get into, like, the mental health aspect of gaming in a future episode. I think that could be really, like, interesting to to, to dissect and to, to talk about. Maybe I'll do that with a guest, like, to get somebody else's opinion with that. I don't know, I'm just like rambling at this point. I do want like the Simpsons game, like that's on there. I've got Rise of Nightmares. I think that's a Kinect game. If anyone's actually played that and 
has a recommendation that I should actually pick it up. I think it's only a pound at CEX, but it's one of those games that has an interesting like cover art and it looks cool. So maybe maybe I'll pick that up. We've got like the Orange Box, Table Tennis, Superman Returns, Force Unleashed. There's still loads of games on there that I, I, I want to buy, but I'm going to like attempt to slow it down a little bit because number one, it's running out of space. I've only got two shelves left in the, the book stand that I've got. And number two, it's, it's obviously money. So yeah, the last thing I got around to, to purchasing, it was from eBay and it was a set of Guitar Hero drums. Now these are the drums with the, the five different colors on them. So it's got the, the three drum things and then the two symbols. Like, I don't know what they're called. I'm not a drummer. I'm not a musician. Slaughter in the comments. I don't care. Um, but every time I've played drums on Rock Band or Guitar Hero, it's been the Rock Band version of the drums. So it's the four. Whereas now I've got the, the five version and it's kind of like having to relearn the drums. And it's kind of fun, but it's also kind of daunting as well because I've never been the best at the drums and I kind of just got them on a whim because I've got this vision of having a rock band night with some of my pals and having them all around and playing through different songs. Someone on the mics, two people on the guitars that I've got. Now one person on the drums as well because we did it once in when I used to live at the old flat. It would have been over a year ago at this point, and it was super fun. And I want to try and do that again. So it's an excuse. It's an excuse. I spent £115 on these drums. They are wireless, which is cool. Um, I don't really have anywhere to properly store them unless I was to take them down. So they just kind of sat in my man cave, like in front of the, the shelf with the 360 games on currently. But yeah, it is what it is. And going off that, I've been playing a lot of Green Day Rock Band recently because I picked that up for £15 from CEX, like I said. And Green Day have a lot of bangers. Like, obviously, everyone knows the, the popular songs and I was, I've was i never been, like, a huge fan of Green Day in that sense. Like, I've always liked, like, 21 Guns and Boulevard Broken Dreams, like, all the, the simp stuff, you know? But actually, like, getting into it and playing this game and listening to some some of these bangers, um, like I've got them in my like Spotify playlist now, and I've like got them on repeat. I'll just pull it up. Like what's a name? Restless Heart Syndrome, obviously Holiday, um, Viva La Gloria, just songs like that which I'd never properly listened to before. I'm like I'm getting bang into that. It's just fun, fun like rock tunes, and I'm having a blast playing through through that. I, I've noticed a lot of the the Green Day rock band songs is a lot of fast strumming. And like, I, my, my wrists still get really tired. I'm trying to train them a little bit more on the guitar, but I don't know if it's the way I'm sitting with it. But yeah, my wrist seems to get very tired after playing a few songs on Expert. And what I've done recently is switch over to the rock band guitar as well. Like it doesn't have the click of the strum bar, but it's, I, th- I like the, the, the clickety clack of the buttons. It's very like ASMR. <laughs> so yeah, I've been alternating between them two, playing a little bit of drums here and there. But my end goal is to have my pals over, have some drinks and play rock band, play Guitar Hero and just have a good time with it. But yeah, I think I've I've took up enough of your time already just rambling about crap. And I'm going to continue to release these podcasts weekly. Hopefully I have a guest on next episode. I've got something potentially lined up. Uh, you can look forward to that. But yeah, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at P underscore a underscore p underscore podcast i'm saying twitter it's x now isn't it but whatever and you can follow me at dan j durkin on x um now i'm gonna potentially try to release some of these episodes on youtube as well and see how that goes i'm not sure if there's going to be like an audience for it over there but i did have the idea of potentially videoing myself and whatever guest i have on as well as doing the releasing the audio versions as well. So if you'd like to see that, please let us know. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you had a fantastic new year. And if you want to rate the podcast on all of your good podcast apps, please do that because it, it really helps out. Leave a comment and share with your friends. Subject them to my ramblings. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And as always, I've been Dan and I will catch you in the next one. Bye.